You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit and better eclipses third. They went 27 to the third quarter. It's rock and roll do two meters leap to fame. Then better eclipse bulletproof boy turning for home. Rock and roll do in front. Leap to fame still coming. It's rock and roll do leap to fame the outside. Rock and roll do leap to fame. Act now over the top. Rock and roll do grab by act now out wide. Act now in an upset act now's won it from leap to fame rock and roll do catch a wave was flying and close up Mac a lot Dan to take out of the victoria the cup there last saturday night chris barsby joins me in studio good morning chris steve good morning to you good morning everyone and i want to start with leap to fame because we've seen him now he's passed three big races there's been excuses we had him the other night working in the death seat he had to work to get there as well the flat tire the blacks are fake the eureka he had to work outside leading fast time so his performances have been outstanding just frustrating obviously for everyone involved with the horse yeah no doubt steve um i think it proves that he's beatable uh, he's gone from dominating his age group. He won three derbies. He's won other features. And now that he's up against the big boys, um, you know, he, he, he's meeting the creme de la creme. And he's been found out uh, with his probably lack of gate speed, if you want to sort of go down that path. Um, he went forward the other night from a good draw, but there was plenty of speed to his inside and he got parked out. So he's been parked out in the, the Blacks of Fake, the Eureka and the Victoria Cup. Clearly the run of the race in all three but he's being beaten. So this is going to be interesting for Racing Queensland. No doubt they would have watched that race with mixed emotions there on Saturday night because if he wins, it's a promoter's dream. They can get on the local hero, really pump him up and, and, and promote the Inter-Dominion for what it is. But the fact is he got beaten. So where does that leave Racing Queensland as far as that promotional tool is concerned? Well, it probably opens up the series. So... I think Emma Stewart now that she's been able to conquer Leap to Fame in two of those three races, the Eureka and the Victoria Cup, I think it confirms that she's got to head back to Queensland with a number of her stars uh, because he's beatable and they've done it twice now. So, And I'm sure Jason Grimson knows that he's beatable. He did it with Swayze winning the Blacks of Fake. So it's an interesting one. He's still the favourite. I spoke with uh, Andrew Spagnolo immediately after the race and I said, will he still be the favourite for the Inter-Dominion? And he said, absolutely. And he goes up at 225. Yeah. Would you want to back anything else in it? <laughs> Would you want to take 225? Probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. yeah. So it, it's going to Thinking be... Thinking that one, it's just going to align for him. He's due for a good, sweet run in a big yeah. race or a reasonable run. Yeah, you know? his luck's got to change. And many people have had their thoughts about that race on Saturday night. Many were critical of, of Michael Stanley, who drove rock and roll do, saying, oh, he, he didn't help him. But at the end of the day, Michael Stanley's out there to win the race for himself. He's the defending champ, rock and roll do. So I, I have no issue with that. Um, and, and the other thing is, people are saying... Does he have to be driven tough all the time? In those three big races, he's been left parked out, exposed. And you go back to our winter carnival when he won the Sunshine Sprint. Coming off speed, he was absolutely dynamic. So it's an interesting one. Some have made comparisons with Lazarus, uh, who's one of the, the modern-day greats. He was probably found out with his lack of gate speed, in particular at those mild races, the Miracle Mile. He, he was found short there. So unbelievable engine... 
huge cruising speed, but just that lack of gate speed. But then there's others that think the gate mm. speed. Well, if you had there. to join an inside gate, and he told Brittany pre-race the night with the earplugs, mm. leaving them out, he was going to be aggressive early, and as you see, he just couldn't get across. Well, had to work to get outside lead. But if he draws an inside gate, you clearly see he probably punches through and leads and wins easily the other night or wins. Yeah, and, um, and, and this is a point that you raised uh, just recently. You've said a few times, let's just hope he stays sound. And I've been thinking and thinking and thinking about this since Saturday night. The Grand Circuit started back in 1977, and it's changed so considerably. I asked this question of David Fowley yesterday on Press Room. Of the three racing codes, the biggest evolution, has it been with harness racing, given, you know, the, 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 the times that they run, the sulkies, the way they've improved from, you know, yesteryear... And even the drivers, they're all sort of lightweight, young, aggressive drivers now compared to the days of old. We've had three triple Grand Circuit champions in that time frame from 1977 to 2023. And I think given the way we race nowadays and how hard we race, we're not going to see those great Grand Circuit campaigners of old. I think those days are sort of, you know, pretty much gone now because we race so hard and so fast, you know, we're hoping these horses stick around, but it's hard. It's got to be hard for the horse and it's got to be hard for the trainers to pick them up all the time. So it's going to be interesting. And that leads into another question, and I'm keen to get the thoughts of yourself. And I'm going to pose the question to Darren Clayton tomorrow. Now that he's been beaten in this race on the weekend, Leap to Fame, who's going to be the 2023 Australian Harness Horse of the Year? Does he need to win the Inter-Dominion Leap to Fame to get that title? And even if he wins, is that enough to secure that title? And it's important for Leap to Fame, given that he's a stallion as well. So that certainly adds more, um, you know, more bang uh, for his, you know, overall CV once he does go off to stud. So it's going to be very interesting. Catcher Wave's the other one that's right in the equation. Chariots of Fire, Miracle Mile winner. Beat him home there on Saturday night in the Victoria Cup. He's not coming for the Inter-Dominion. So Leap to Fame gets a chance to, to get that big one there. Leap to Fame's on the Sunshine Sprint. He's won the Rising Sun. Um, but, you know... You would probably say Catch a Wave has his measure on those two wins there. And the other one that could be in the in the equation, well, there's two, is Just Believe, the trotter, if he comes out and wins the Inter-Dominion and given what he did by going to the Northern Hemisphere and Queen Alita, if she continues to just win everything that she does at the moment uh, and wins the Inter-Dominion, do one of the trotters sort of, you know, just come from the clouds and win? So that's going to be a very interesting discussion point between now and the end of the year. Yeah, you mentioned Queen Alita. Let's talk about it. Off the back in 27.7 and it's Queen Elida by five metres on Mafasa Metro. Then came I'm Ready Jet Olivici's three back the inside. The puppet going for home now with Queen Elida. She got seven metres in front of Mafasa Metro. Then I'm Ready Jet who can do no more. Out wide RC Phoenix then came Olivici. Queen Elida's clear. RC Phoenix is running on though. But it's the Queen. Queen Elida takes it out. Queen Elida first. The gem of a drive Chris Alford. RC Phoenix Chris, second, third, starts, and you look at her starting prize profile past seven wins, like Winks odds 135, 110, 104, 170, 130, 150. And they bet a dollar 80 the other night, which seemed reasonably generous. Seven group one wins, three group twos, five group threes in, in amongst those 29 victories. And you know what? The, the most pleasing part for me with that race the other night, it, it confirmed one thing he still got it. 
He still got it, Chris Alford. No driver has driven more winners in Australian harness racing history than Chris Alford, 7,900 and so. No driver has more Group 1 wins. I think that was about 128. But I'm not sure if that includes his Group 1 wins in New Zealand as well. He's won 73 with Pacers, about 55 with Trotters. But there was a statement that he made, and I think he made it pre-race on Saturday night, and certainly post-race, he, he, he sort of confirmed it and backed it up and stood by it. This is the best trotter that he's ever driven. Mm. I, I think he even made those comments when you were away prior to the previous win, if memory serves yeah, me well, correctly. Well, yeah, I'm not shocked by that, but I, I, mm. I find that staggering in many ways because, like, this is one of the all-time greats. Like, he's a living legend. That's a big call, isn't it? It's a big call. I'll ask him. Tell, he can tell us why. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Really well. Congratulations. Thanks, mate. Big so, thrill. Yeah, and I want to just dig a little deeper with that claim. The best trotter that you've driven. Uh, yeah, well, I've been fortunate to drive some really good ones, but, um, yeah, she's something else when she's right. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything that can beat her when she's at the top of her game. Okay, well... You had my mind racing, and I had to sort of just jot down a few names because I wanted to throw them at you this morning once I confirmed that you were coming on. Noopy Kiosk, Kai Valley Zeus, Maori Time, Kai Valley Blur, Glenn Bogle, Maori Law, Down Under Muscles, Sleepy, Wobbly, Keystone Dell, Cool Fortune, Temporali, Blitz Them Calder, Elite Stride, What's Under My Kill. There were a few that just jumped out immediately. There's probably a few others that I've forgotten. That, that's, a, that's a pretty strong list. Yeah, for sure. I've been very fortunate, but um, just with her, she's, you know, she's just something different. She's just so well-gated. She's just so push-button. You stop, start, left, right. Anything you want her to do, she'll do. So she's an easy drive? Yeah, pretty much. You could throw a 12-year-old on her. Okay. She was... Oh, she went around in this race last year. She got beaten. But just that improvement in that 12-month period, that maturity, it, it just seems like it's next level now with her. Yeah, she's um, always had the speed, but she's so much stronger now and she can s sustain her speed for, like, you know, 1,200, even a mile like she did at Menangle. She just went 53 up there and just did it just jogging. So, um, you know... She has her days when she's not quite right, but um, when she's not right, she still runs well. But when she's right, you know, virtually nothing can beat her. Unbelievable time there on, on Saturday night, 54-4. So with those, you know, statements made by you, you, you went to North America just recently. You, you took part in that international trot <coughs> Yonkers driving Kai Valley Zeus. If you take out Kai Valley Zeus and put in this mare, how does she run in that race? Uh, well, I, th I think that day Zeus was probably, you know, with the travel and, and how his condition was, he was probably only about 85%. So I think if she was right on that day and had the run he, he had, she would have just, you know, blown him away the last 400. Okay. That being said, uh, one of those horses on that list that I just read out, Maori Time, former Inter-Dominion winner, she went up and contested the elite lot. We had Just Believe go up there this year and contest the elite lot. Do you think Queen Elida could be probably one of our strongest contenders if they decide to take her uh, up north next year? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It, it, it's always hard, you know, with the travel, as we saw with Just Believe and, and Zeus going to America. But, um, you know, pound for pound, I think our best trotters are as good as anywhere in the world. Okay. Now, there's been plenty of talk about the elite lot for next year. Uh, New Zealand have announced a new slot race, and that's clearly on the radar for connections as well. But let's just talk about something that's fast approaching. ID23, it's here in Brisbane. I, is she locked and, and confirmed for that series up here? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. She's not the favourite, though. She's 350 just believe $3. Have the market framers got that wrong? Uh, I wouldn't say wrong, but, um, you know, Just Believe's had a, a hard campaign. He... He won their series last year, of course, but he's, he's had the trip to Sweden and um, his trial looked pretty good last night, so he, he must be well on the way back. But um, I wouldn't think there was a lot between them. Mm. And given you, you've got that little bit of residual fitness right now, it sort of points towards you without sort of putting too much pressure on. But, you know, all things considered, um, she's fit, she's firing, she's up and about, and, um, you know, the other guy's still on the way back after a really hard trip halfway around the world. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, uh, if you look at her now, she's just still on the way up. She still blew up over the back last night um, after running the time she did. So she's still got improvement in her, which is you know, which is the great thing. She's trained by Brent Lilly. Uh, he, he put the polish on, on Maori time. As I said, you've driven a Maori time. Can you compare these mares? Um, I think I only drove Maori time once or twice, so it, it's a bit bit hard, but, um, you know, I'd say Ida's a bit better. Yeah. Does Brent say anything? Does he give, give you a little bit of a lead which one was better? Um, no, not really, but... I just stick more by what Trace says. Brent's partner, she does all the work with Ida and, um, you know, she's just wrapped with her and, and she knows when she's right and uh, she'll tell me she's been bucking and kicking in the paddock in the morning and when she's like that, she goes out and runs a ripper race. So this series up here, it's only weeks away now. I think we're about six weeks away. Uh, she'll handle the series, the, 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 the four runs in the fortnight? Uh, she did last year and she was not right. Um had a few issues leading up into the series and still ran third in the final. Um, so as long as they keep her on track, you know, she'll be the one to beat, I'd say. Chris, I remember watching her three runs ago. She was $1.30 there in that free-for-all, the Chris Howe free-for-all. She won by a nose. Did you know you'd won that particular night? Um, I didn't, but I think she did. She just knows where the line is. Now... You've got close to 8,000 career victories. You've got pacing into the Minion Grand Final trophies in your cabinet, but there's no trotting Grand Final trophy in the cabinet. Can you get it this year? Uh, I'd say it would be my best chance, that's for sure. Um, I haven't had a, a great deal of trotters, maybe Noopy, and I think he won a heat in, in Sydney and um, Kai Valley Blur, um, but this is my best chance for sure. Okay. Well, she's an absolute ripper, there's no doubt about it, and that record just continues to get better each and every time she steps out. So she is the horse to beat, uh, and it'll be interesting to see um, if, you know, market framers adjust that market. $3 currently with Just Believe, three fifty, Queen Elida.
We were just talking about the Victoria Cup on Saturday night and uh, I'll be really interested in your thoughts. Talking about the Grand Circuit. So the Grand Circuit started back in 77. You've been part of the Grand Circuit since the 90s, since, you know, the halcyon days. You were driving golden rain and some are saying that, that the quality of horseback then far outweighs what we're producing now. But it's totally different racing now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for sure. The other thought it was a, a strange race, like... Um we came out of Barrier 7 and there didn't seem to be a great deal of speed on, even though the lead time was strong. It wasn't outrageous. And so we went to the fence hoping for luck, thinking that um, as normal mountain races are, that, you know, when the lead time's not great, the horses on the fence um, are the ones that dominate. But it, it worked out the opposite way. Like the two horses that were back in the field now wide, swamped over the top and, and got first and second and all the horses on the inside were held up. So it was, was really a strange race, actually. Mm. The lead time, 43.3. What's what's a ballistic lead time at Melton for that distance range? Uh, I think the year Caribbean Blaster won, I think they went about 41.9 or 41.8. Um, so about, you know, a second and a half quicker. Yeah. But it's a good point you raise. Those, like, first and second, they were a long way back and you know, normally, yeah, as you said, it's those that are sneaking through along the inside that are, you know, set to play a hand in the finish, but these guys just finished over the top with momentum. Yeah, well, you know, I took the trail on Luke. He went all back the fence with Incipher, and uh, we both went to the line, you know, just climbing all over the top of them. And um, even horses like Bought Truth Boy that did a bit of work early, he got beat like 1.6 metres and ran fifth. So, you know, it was... Yeah, it's just one of those races that nothing seemed to make sense. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one. There's no doubt about it. The Queenslander was great, but again, um, it, it's it's proven he's beatable, isn't he? Uh, he is beatable, but you know you've got to drive to beat him and probably hinder your own chances at the same time. Well, it's going to be a fascinating time up here for the Inter-Dominion. Uh, I'm sure your mare is going to be uh, so hard to beat and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Leap to Fame can claim the uh, the series in his own backyard. Hey, job well done the other night. Uh, another Group 1 victory for you. That wouldn't include your New Zealand success, would it? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how they tally it up, but, um, yeah, I'm very happy with how I've gone and uh, hopefully we'll get a few more. Right. And just on that trip that you made to uh, New York earlier this year, did you catch up with Yannick? And how did you find driving at the Meadowlands? Uh, yeah, we had had a good time. It was, you know, short, but um, very exciting. We caught up with Yannick, Dexter and Timmy Tietrich. And uh, we had dinner at Yannick's one night with um, Nifty and um, Dexter come over and was all a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, driving at the Meadowlands, I didn't have, have, have much power there, but... It was just awesome, you know, just something I've dreamt of since I was a kid. Yeah, well, you can tick that box now. That's another one that you've uh, been able to uh, mark off on your little uh, box of goodies there. Hey, keep up the great work, and we'll see you up here in Brisbane in no time. Thanks, Chris. Great great to be on. There's Chris Alford joining us. Uh, no one's driven more winners in Australian harness racing history, Steve. He's one of the all-time greats. And that drive on Saturday night with that Trotter Queen Elida was um, absolutely unbelievable. So...
took the race by the scruff of the neck and home she goes. Mm. Interesting what he said there. No one wants to go up and uh, tackle and leap to fame's in the death. It was a classic drive there with catch a wave. Kate Gath was zooming around and saw leap to fame. Yeah. And thought, oh, no, I'll go back. And went way back yeah. uh, to the tail of the field. But normally in a gallops event, with what you said happened there, you'd say, well, straight away, give an act now is back, catch a wave back. They are both at big odds in the race. You'd say, well, the, the leaders just overcooked each other up front. Um, so it was interesting comments, isn't it, what uh, what Chris had to say. Mm. So the two leaders there, Rock and Roll do and Leap to Fame with the two favourites and what well, they run third and fourth respectively. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting just on that tab market for the Inter-Dominion trot if there's a big change. Like Just Believe was back at the trials last night. I think he finished fourth in a field of six. Um, also in that trial was Maori Law, who won the Inter-Dominion two years ago in Sydney, and he was just behind Just Believe running fifth, and they are up against paces, but they both hit the line nicely. So it'll be interesting to see if there's a big shift. And we'll talk more about this later in the week when, when Jared and uh, Andrew Spagnolo join us to see if if there is a push. But I don't know, just given how it sort of sets up, I think she deserves to be favourite right now, Queen Elida. She's here, she's fit, she's in form. The other guy's still got to prove that he can come back from that huge, you know, Northern Hemisphere trip. But that was a really pleasing sign last night with that trial. So it'll be interesting to see. We spoke with Greg Sugars only a couple of weeks ago and he's hoping to probably get one, maybe two runs into him. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see when they line up. So Chris is firmly in the corner of his mare, and rightly so, but I'm sure Greg would be firmly in the corner of his horse. So that promises to be a really good series, the trotting series. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I mentioned Act now for Emma Stewart being leaped to fame on the weekend, 80-1 to 1 and, and Cypher. When beat Leap to Fame in the Eureka was twenty six dollars mm. stable mate. Anyway, um, speaking of square gators, I'm keen to ask you about Bolt for Britain. It looked like it was going to bolt in there on Friday night in New Zealand, and then galloped. Um, yeah, what the upshot of that is. But anyway, uh, Brian Vivas is with us now, Chris. Well, Ryan was in the winners' circle on Friday night. Not only with one, not only with two, but three winners on Sat uh, on Friday night. I'm Boo successful. It ain't Royal was able to uh, score, and Geldof took the last race. So. This is a, a good result for the stable, and they've got a couple of chances today as well. Ryan is online. Ryan, good morning. Congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Did that surprise you in any way on uh, on Friday night, those results? Um, I didn't really think I could get three. I thought um, thought Iron Boo was a good chance again, like off last week, and um, I actually thought Fly Cheval would be the one um, in it ain't Royals race, but... Um, yeah, no, it was good to get three. That's the first time I've trained three winners on a card. So, yeah, no, I was real happy with it. Excellent. Let's talk about Iron Boo. Uh, he's now gone back-to-back -back at Albion Park. He went that unbelievable mile two starts ago. Um, and I want to just talk about that, and I'll, I'll be keen to get your thoughts there. So two starts ago, he went a mile in 51.6. His start three runs ago, just before that uh, big mile, he was really good finishing third. So it wasn't a complete shock that he was able to do what he did that day. But sort of looking back, uh, we are getting close to the track being, you know, uh, upgraded as far as the remedial works were concerned. So was that track probably just a little, you know, hard and conducive to fast times sort of looking back? Yeah, that probably didn't hurt. And, um, you know, it was a pretty hot day too. They, you know, they tend to, they tend to drop a couple of seconds when it's that, you know, hot like that. But, um, yeah, it wasn't entirely surprising to me. Like, he, he put up a couple of decent runs. And, yeah, since I've sort of changed his training, he's, you know, he's a different horse now. So, yeah, I wasn't overly surprised. Okay. So you've changed things around with him, and it's obviously working. So what, what have you done with him? Um, well, basically, just instead of fast working him, like, once a week, 
Um, he goes in the bike and pretty much trains a trip every day. Um, but he'll just train like a two-mile steady trip rather than, you know, like a mile and a half like you would normally blow one out once a week or whatever. Um, you know, he, he was doing that. We were training him a mile and a half once a week here and, like, he was, you know, free-legging around, beating galloping pacemakers and stuff and, you know, just wasn't taking it to the races. So we kind of figured we had to change something because he's, you know, his work and his race was two different horses. But, um you know, since we changed that, he's, he's really starting to come around. Okay, so he was teasing you there for a minute, but you've obviously got the key to him now. So on Friday night, he stops the clock at 54-6, overcoming a second-row draw. The other thing that I want to ask now with Iron Boo, we've got summer carnival features just around the corner in November. A race like the Peak of the Creek, is that something that you could aim at now with Iron Boo? Yeah, for sure. Um, Danielle actually mentioned that the other day. She, you know, thought that'd be the probably the go for him. Um, you know, and that that sort of style of race and everything probably suit him down to the ground. He he loves to just run, and, and you know, he did that two starts ago, and he was strong through the line there the other night. Yeah, he was. I was actually, you know, he was a little bit laid back there on Friday night, like well, more laid back than you know the week before, but. Um, you know, when he heard those horses coming sort of at the 100, he, you know, he just got going again and went to the line with them. So, um, you know, it's probably a good thing. Like, he's, he reminds me a lot of at West Point. But at West Point, when they get too close to him, that was kind of the end of him. Whereas this horse, you know, he seems to do the opposite. If they get, you know, start getting close to him, he seems to find another gear. So, um, I'm pretty excited about him now. I was, I was a bit worried. I was a bit worried to start with, but no, I'm pretty keen on him now. Well, he beat some informed horses there as well on Friday night. The other thing, now that you've changed his, his training regime around, is there a possibility there could still be some upside because he's still getting used to it? You're sort of working out how far you can push him in, in the work. So is there still upside? Yeah, I think so for sure. Like, you know, I've done it with a few of them over the years and it, it does take them, you know, a little while to sort of get used to it and... and it takes them a little while to get used to running those, you know, those big miles and stuff too. Like once they get conditioned to doing that, they seem to, um, you know, find a little bit more speed in that too if they handle it all right. So, um, you know, I think I think he's got plenty left. All right. It'll be interesting to see if he can uh, usurp at West Point because he did a big job for your stable. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how far this guy actually goes. Yeah, it's probably going to take a bit because, yeah, you know, I, I love that West Point, but um, he's on the right track at least. Yeah, too right. Uh, it ain't Royal. Never looked in danger. Once he was in front, uh, he was strong through the line, won and, and rated good time. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually done a pretty good job. I mean, he's another one I probably wasn't expecting much out of when he came, but, um, you know, he's just a he's just a cool old horse. And um, he just kind of worried me a little bit because he doesn't have that much gate speed, but... Uh, once he got to the front, he, yeah, I thought he was looking pretty good then. All right. Speaking of cool old horses, Geldof, you've been putting the polish on this guy for some time now, but it, it wasn't a shock that he was able to do what he did the other night. He's one of those horses when conditions are sort of tailor-made for him, he can he can go with the best, and uh, he was able to put them away. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, I got a little bit worried when I saw 26.8 come up. You know, I thought that might have gassed him a little bit, but... Um, in a way, that might have helped him too because it gassed everyone else and, you know, he ended up where he wants to be in front. So, um, you know, probably...
probably not that we really want to go 26 the first quarter, but, um, you know, in the end it probably worked out in his favour and, you know, he's just a classy old horse. He just, you know, he turns up every week and seems to ready for a war every week. So you know, he's, he did a really good job. Yeah, too right. A couple of runners today. What about Touch of Terror Race 5? He comes up with the inside gate. He seemed like he got pulling just way too hard last time out. So is he a chance here today? Yeah, I think he is. That was my fault last week. We put the block eyes on him um, just trying to, you know, because he's such a laid-back sort of horse and just trying to get him on the bit and sort of get him out of the gate a little bit better. And, um, you know, just it went the opposite way. He just went way too hard. So I think um, I took the block eyes off and just put a currency back on him today. So it should be somewhere in the middle and... Um, you know, over the mile, drawn one, I think, yeah, he's, he's a pretty decent chance. All right. Has he got the speed to lead? Uh, I think so. On last week, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He um, sort of hadn't shown a whole lot of gate speed before that, but, um, yeah, if he, if he gets out of the gate like he did last week, he should have no trouble. Okay. And in the next race, race six today, I'm a Birribee boy. He'll probably start the favourite. I think he is the favourite with Tab right now. He looks the leader here. Uh, probably a little disappointing on a phase value at Reckliffe last time out when he led up, but he can bounce back here? Yeah, I think so. He's Probably his last two or three have been sort of not quite as good as the ones before that. Like he was, you know, he had a, he had a real good run there for a few starts and he ran five seconds or something out of six starts and um, he was going really, really well. But um, yeah, he just... Seemed to tail off a little bit, but now he's back into that 30 to 40 grade. I think that'll make a bit of a difference. Okay. Is is the plan to lead? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. He'll be hard to catch over the mile. Yeah, he should be. Right. Should be. He's got he's got um, pull down blinds on today too, rather than the block eyes. Just a um, you know, just a bit of a change that can sometimes wake him up too when you you know fiddle around with a bit of gear on him. So. Um, yeah, he should be pretty sharp. So the block eyes are gone. Everyone's the, the block eyes in your stable. They're out. Yeah, no, I had a bad <laughs> had a bad couple of weeks with them, Chris. So they're all gone. <laughs> all right. Hey, job well done. Your your first triple there on on Friday night at Albion Park. And here's hoping with that peak, the Creek Series not too far away, that Iron Boo will continue with his good form and uh, you know measure up. Yeah, no, that'd be nice. Um, it was actually well, <laughs> I'm. Um, I'm glad I didn't scratch him now because Danielle and I were both like sick as dogs on Thursday night and Friday and we were tossing up with it to scratch him and um, we were just lucky we had like Jordan Topping was here and she sort of took over everything on Friday so um, I might have to leave her in charge more often I think well, it's going to get three winners out of it so it, it but, sounds uh, like there's something going around because there's been a few that have been a bit uh, crook in the last week or so. Uh, the other thing, your daughter, Alicia, she'd make her own way to the, uh, the, the the winner's sort of enclosure now. She doesn't need any assistance. I think she knows where the winner's circle is. She goes out for the photo, so she can probably take herself out there for a photo soon. Yeah, yeah, no, it won't be long. She'll be, um, she jumps on the gig and, you know, as soon as we put the bike on and ready to go on the track, she wants to jump in the seat and... <laughs> And uh, tell her mother how to drive. So, she's um, yeah, she's got it all going on. Yeah, good stuff. I hey, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside today. No worries. Thanks, Chris.